This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Okay, we are changing gears now, and this is, uh, we're going to be talking about a Supreme Court of Canada decision that was issued last week. And the idea here is that it would limit court delays. So the highest court in the country ruled five to four in favor of time limits for cases to be tried. So the backlog in the system could be cleared. Um, But some worry that that could lead to cases being thrown out of court. Uh, That's what happened after the famous 1990 decision in the Askov case. And uh, that included some rape charges that were dismissed. Some victims' advocates now worry that this latest decision means that criminals could also go free. So joining me on the line is criminal defense lawyer and analyst David Butt. Hi, Libby. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Uh, what is your take on this decision? Is, is there a danger factor here? There certainly is a danger factor. But on balance, I think the Supreme Court was right to move from the kind of soft control of delays in the court to a much harder control that comes when you do impose um, pretty harsh uh, timelines on them. I think the system uh, is going to receive a real wake-up call as a result of this decision. And overall, I think that's going to be good for everybody who goes through the system, including victims. Uh, yeah, I know. And there, there is an argument that, that victims want swift justice, too, because uh, they need to put the terrible things that may have happened to them behind them. Absolutely right. And, and a huge chunk of my practice is actually rec- uh, representing victims and living with the uncertainty, uh, with not being uh, getting closure on these events, not being able to move on in the healing process is a big deal for a lot of survivors of particularly sexual violence. And so this decision can be seen as a positive step uh, in that direction as well. Yeah, but what about this issue? I mean, we all remember the very famous Askov case, dates back to 1990. And in the aftermath of the Askov case, there were uh, at least a few cases of rape uh, where the charges were dismissed because of the delay involved in getting to court. Yes, that's that's quite true. And uh, in fact, it was more than just a few. And overall, there were tens of thousands of cases that got chucked out of the system, uh, basically summarily just thrown out. And that's a result that nobody wants. So the Supreme Court was very clear that while they are introducing these harder timelines, they are also saying there's a transitional period. So as of today, it is not open to defense and crowns and so on, to just throw cases out of the system. There will be a transition. So these new timelines really apply to cases who are newly coming into the system right now. That gives everybody a time to adjust, and it recognizes that up until now, the the rules were very different. 
Uh, I'm going to give the numbers to call because I'm sure that uh, people have a lot to say about this. The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm on the line with David Butt, criminal defense lawyer. He also represents a lot of uh, victims. So how long is this transition period? The, the court did not say how long that transition period will be, but it's it's safe to say that it's not going to be more than 18 months because that's the, the hard timeline that they announced. So uh, cases coming into the system now will be subject to the new regime. Everything in the system now will be treated as transitional. And so it'll get they will, those cases will get special consideration. But once the current crop of cases are in the system now are out, then we'll be into the new uh, the new regime. One of the things uh, that I'm a little confused about, but this this 18 months, it's not for the beginning of the case. It's it's this decision says that the cases have to be completed. Is that right? That's correct. Now uh, our court system has two separate streams, and so for the quicker stream, 18 months is the hard timeline. For the longer stream. 30 months is the timeline. So just to give your listeners an example, a murder case goes through that longer stream, has what's called a preliminary hearing and then a trial. So for something like a murder or a very serious sexual assault, they would have the 30-month timeline. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that it, it allows the more serious cases that take the, the, go through the longer stream uh, to take a longer time because frankly, it does take a longer time for some of those serious cases. Now, isn't it, um, you know, that defense attorneys want this, but when when you're looking at delays, aren't a lot of the delays, uh, at don't they come at the request of defense attorneys who ask for more time for this or that? Yes. And so what the Supreme Court has said is that if the defense asks for six months, let's say, you can't count those six months into the 18. So if, if you ask for six months of a delay and you get it, don't come whining to us that it didn't happen in, in, in 18 months. So there is a very clear message to the defense as well in this. If you want to play the delay game, and, and many criminal accused people want to delay the bad news as long as possible. If you want to play that delay game, don't come whining to us later that your case took longer. So, yes, the court is very alive to that uh, dimension as well. Okay, so the timeline, it's, it's kind of like a, a football clock where the clock stops? That's right. That's a really good way to put it, Libby. Uh, if the uh, defense requests for uh, an adjournment for whatever reason, then uh, absolutely right. The, the clock will stop there and it will only begin again once that period is, uh, is over. Okay, David, we've got to take a quick break. Before we go, I'm going to give the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. We're talking about a Supreme Court decision from last week that mandates a quicker timeline for trials. There are worries that this could result in criminals going free if it takes too long for their cases to get to court. We want to hear from you. We're on the line with criminal defense lawyer David Butt, who also represents victims, and we will be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We are on the line with David Butts, and we're talking about a Supreme Court decision from last week mandating time limits for cases to get to trial. On the one hand, it's good for victims and the accused saying they'll get justice sooner. On the other hand, there is a worry that criminals can go free. That's what happened after the famous 1990 Askoff case when cases were thrown out of court because they didn't get to trial fast enough, and that included some extremely serious charges like rape. Uh, David, one of the criticisms of this particular decision is that the Supreme Court is basically allocating resources on behalf of the province, because in order to get these cases through the system, we're probably going to have to hire more crown attorneys and put other resources on the table, right? Yes, that's that's correct. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right that, that the court decision does have resource implications for the provincial government. And there's there's always a debate, and it's a healthy debate, whether unelected judges should be making those kinds of decisions about spending taxpayer dollars. The, the argument is, shouldn't that be the elected representatives who are deciding how much money to put in justice expenditures, how much to put in schools, hospitals, and so on? And, it, and it's a very valid point. The, the counter to that is that our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which governs everybody, says very clearly right in it that there is the right to a trial within a reasonable time. And it's the duty of the courts to interpret what reasonable means. So the flip side of that argument is that the court has simply given some concrete meaning to the term of the Charter of Rights that really uh, governs us all. Okay, so um, where do you think uh, defense attorneys sit on this as opposed to crown attorneys? Yes. I think that what we're going to see in the short term is that there will be less uh, litigation about delay. Some people might think that there'll be more litigation, more cases will get thrown out. Actually, I think there's going to be less because the, the timelines are very clear. And if you don't meet the timelines, don't even try to complain about delay. But the other thing that the court says, and it's very important, is that the defense has a role to play. Even though the clients of the defense lawyers sometimes, last thing they want is a speedy trial, the defense lawyers as participants, professional participants in the justice system, do have an obligation to assist in moving things along in a reasonable way. So I think we're going to see less litigation about delay rather than more. Okay, well, that would be a good thing. Is there any kind of talk about uh, how much the system would have to be expanded to accommodate this decision? Uh, certainly in, in early days, it's very difficult to say with any certainty we'll need, you know, 10 crown attorneys in Toronto and uh, 20 in London, Ontario. But uh, certainly those discussions have to be taking place now because, as we all know, the new decision brings these timelines in. If you don't meet them, it's going to be very difficult to keep cases alive so that you better be in place to meet those. So I expect fully that everyone will get right down to the brass tacks of deciding how are we going to meet our targets. And interestingly, that that discussion will be different in different jurisdictions, because some parts of the province 
have much more complicated delay problems than other parts of the province. So there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all answer to that question. Okay, uh, we only have a few seconds left. Uh, do you, is there anything you want to leave us with? Yeah, I think that this sends a very clear message that there are now bright lines and everybody in the system has to work their hardest to meet those lines to avoid um, very problematic consequences if they're not met. Okay. David Butt, criminal defense lawyer, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Libby. Okay, bye-bye. Bye now. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.